Straight out of rehab, crazy motherfucker named Tyler. He did a lot of drugs. Hi, welcome back to the Pink Pussy Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Weggert. Um, yeah, I just got out of rehab like a week ago. It was it was pretty chill. I uh I learned a lot about myself and our uh our changing bodies. Um I discovered that I really, really fucking love hats now. I love hats. I'm wearing one right now. I'm uh, sitting on a couch that I purchased from my best friend. Shout out to James. He gave me a great deal on this couch. Um, <laughs> 50 bucks. 50 bucks is what this couch cost. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, I kind of just wanted to talk about my... Uh, rehab experience um on the podcast because some of it's really funny and i think it might be able to like help people and um maybe like lessen like the stigma of like mental health and like rehab and stuff of that nature but uh i guess let's start from the beginning um so when i was uh 20 years old I uh, went to my therapist, and he was like, hey, you should have a emergency prescription for a drug in case you have a panic attack, because I was struggling with things of that nature at the time. And uh, so he uh, writes me a prescription for um, five Xanax, Xanax pills and I uh I take his advice and um the uh the first time I took Xanax it uh I was having some relationship problems with this lady I was seeing at the time and uh I was very stressed out that whole relationship stressed me out and uh I was chain smoking cigarettes at the time, and uh, uh, this person said something to me that really stressed me out. And to be fair, I was a giant, giant pussy back 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 then, and uh, and other things are going on too. But I uh, I was supposed to have dinner with my grandparents that day at my parents' house, and uh, I told my dad I was like. You know, I need I need the Xanax because uh, I gave them to him for safekeeping because they can uh, I don't know if you know this but Xanax can be incredibly addicting <laughs> but uh, so I gave them to him for safekeeping and he's like all right here you go and he gave me one of the pills and uh, I took it and it was probably like the greatest feeling that I've had since then I don't know it sounds sad but I'm gonna call a spade a spade here but um yeah the first time I took Xanax was probably one of the best feelings like in my life and uh it, like I described it as like like getting like a hug from God or some shit like like everything's gonna be okay and uh it's like a 
pure feeling of euphoria and calmness like all at once which is like something that I was like searching for at the time and and then the next day I uh I was so stupid I couldn't I, I felt so dumb I couldn't read the next day um because uh Xanax fucks you up pretty bad and uh, especially the first time taking it and the amount that I did but uh so and I had four pills left and um I would I used them like one time at like a party setting at a at homecoming at my school I went to and just not using them in a safe manner I took them while I was driving one time to a to school and like almost crashed my car and thank god I was very close to the school when I got there but um and then eventually those five pills ran out pretty quickly and then I saw my uh my dad found this uh fucking Christian Christian doctor where um where I live near it's near Lidditz PA but uh Dr. Powers um this fucking old old man he had a, a lot of bible verses quotes on his on his on his walls and I was like oh Jesus and uh so he sits me down like I tell him all the things that's been going on in like my mental mental state at the time and uh he's like all right do you want a Xanax prescription and I was like uh because like I knew Xanax was like very bad it is very bad uh but uh I was like nah I'll uh and uh, then he mentioned Klonopin which is another benzodiazepine it's like the same thing as Xanax it's just like it's a longer lasting effect um but they're both all benzos are extremely addictive and they ruin people's lives but uh so and I didn't want to take uh I wouldn't I didn't want to get a Xanax prescription because I knew of people like overdosing and dying from Xanax but the same shit happens with Klonopin it's like the same exact thing and uh I was like, hey, maybe this will be safer. So I was like, hey, just... He was kind of pushing the pills on me, if I'm being honest. And uh, I, I, to be fair, I also should have done more of a research. But I was I was a young kid, and I, I forgave myself for that. But, uh... And so he writes me, like, 90, 90 pills for, like, 90 days. And, uh... Yeah, I just, that became, like, a regular part of, like, my life, like, taking, taking a whole Klonopin every night to, like, go to sleep, because I have extremely, uh, <laughs> hard time falling asleep, and, uh, yeah, it was, and you're not supposed to do that every day, I don't know if you know that, but, um, one of the things he, uh, he told me, when he was prescribing it that he said uh uh that a veteran came back from war and he like prescribed him Klonopin and that 
uh, he took it every day for 30 years and he was fine, <laughs> which is like the most bonkers, like bullshit of a story anomaly that I've ever heard. Like you're not, no one's supposed to take Klonopin for any extended period amount of time, Ugh, extended amount of time. But, uh, yeah, I think this doctor was full of shit, if I'm being honest. As I feel like a lot of doctors are that prescribe uh, pills like these. But that's besides the point. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I uh, started taking Klonopin every day, starting at 20. Um, I uh, would often, like, drink and uh mix those two together and uh which is a horrible combination like don't ever do that because you can die and there were there are definitely points uh since then when i was taking them that i was like i didn't care whether or not i lived or died um, when i was mixing them because i was doing it to a pretty pretty high degree and uh it's being very careless and unsafe and, uh, I noticed that I would, like, take more Klonopin if I was, like, in, like, a relationship, because, uh, the relationships I was in were very, uh, sort of toxic and, uh, kind of solely based on, like, drinking, I'd say, and, like, getting fucked up together, and, uh, which was fun for the time it was happening, but then when it got bad, it was bad, you know, and... Just not, I was not, like, uh, valuing uh, myself, really. And it's kind of, was kind of just, like, letting uh, people take advantage of me, I think, in some senses. And, and like, the people I was with, like, knew I was, like, taking Klonopin and, like, drinking. And then that... Uh, oh, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but, like, <laughs> uh, the people I was with were definitely, like, enablers and, like, like, buying me shit, like, when I was, like, underage and, uh, and, like, they knew, like, I had, like, a drinking problem, but, like, they, uh, didn't, like, say anything really to, like, help, I guess, but I, I don't blame them for anything. I've kind of uh, made peace with all that shit in the past, but, uh, fuck, I forgot, I, I forgot my train of thought, but, uh, so, yeah, I, that just became a thing where I would, every night, without questions, like, take Klonopin every night, and then when things can get, would get, like, really bad, I would, like, uh, not really bad, but, like, I just wanted to get, like, more fucked up, I guess, because, like, the one Klonopin, like, wasn't, like, working, so I would either, like, chew it or, like, crush it up and, like, snort it, which I've done a few times, and that is, don't ever do that, it's not, it's not cool, it's not fun, um, you get a really bad headache, but you do feel, like, calmer, but it's not, it's not worth it fucking benzos are like the worst one of the worst drugs in my opinion and uh yeah and I just continued to do that for about two years and uh 
like straight every day and you're not you're not supposed to, t- to be taking these pills for uh for that long especially mixing them with alcohol and uh yeah and then uh my drinking became uh worse as well i uh i damaged a couple friendships um because of like yelling at people when i was really fucked up and like um one time i blacked out uh the night before i had a job interview and i uh i literally remember looking at the bartender and there was this guy with like a very underage not underage but like very much younger girlfriend at this bar in lancaster just thinking like this is fucking weird and then I could tell that the this guy next to me was trying to like hit on this like single like mom like lady and then uh and then I just remember looking at the bartender he made like a weird face and then I woke up at home. <laughs> it's like that John Mulaney book. But uh and uh and I had like a job interview like that day and I was like the most anxious and stressed I've ever felt was after that after that time and uh i was able luckily able to uh to get that job <laughs> that was the the fucking window place <laughs> and uh but yeah i uh yeah my uh, i i i could i yeah i also lost my phone that night um i blacked out and i like went to like my best friend shout out to shout out to james duncan he's like a fucking saint as well as his his girlfriend maddie um they helped me uh find my car with the uh find my iphone and uh luckily i uh apparently ubered back and didn't drive home that night and uh but i was like that just like the amount of like sheer terror of like what happened like that night you know and uh because i like still like have no idea like i like checked like the uber status is like who is like i don't like remember like the uber driver's name or anything and uh yeah it was a bad look and i definitely like worried like a lot of people and which is one of my biggest regrets in all this and definitely fucked up certain relationships with people but yeah and uh fuck what was i gonna say how do i get out of this anyway so uh yeah and uh i would just uh that was the last night that i drank that night um when I blacked out and like lost my car, I was able, luckily able to find it. And, uh, yeah. And, and I'm glad that was like the last night that I drank because like whenever I drink, it's just like, it turns like dark. Like my mind just turns like dark and I just feel like, Oh fuck everything. Like nothing matters. Like I don't care if like I live or die sort of thing. Cause it's like, a, it's a depressant and, and like people, I don't think people, a lot of people understand like if you're like depressed and you drink a lot of alcohol, it's like not 
good for someone with like depression and shit. Which is why weed is way better, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, that was that was the moment where I was like, oh fuck, I think I have like an issue with all this stuff. And I uh, I went to a Telus, which is a it's a bar in a in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where I was like meeting this girl who was like uh visiting um because like we were we kind of like liked each other a little bit and uh but I told her I didn't want to go to a a bar because she knew that I wasn't like drinking because you know I had a problem and so I she really wanted to go to this bar and I eventually I was kind of a pussy and I was like fine we can go to the bar but uh while I was at the bar um, this like lady comes up to me and she's like, Hey, were you at Yorgos? Which is like a, a bar. Also, fuck Yorgos. <laughs> fuck that place in Lancaster. But, uh, they, uh, they said to me like, Oh, you were so cute. Like falling over at Yorgos that one time. Like it was so cute and funny. And I was like, what? Cause I don't, I didn't really, I didn't even like recognize this girl. And like, I don't remember like falling over in Yorgos because I blacked out and uh and it's like it's weird people tell it's weird when people tell you stories about yourself that you don't remember which is it's scary it's the scariest thing in the world and like thank god like like nothing happened and like like no one like got hurt including myself you know and uh yeah but Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm still taking like Klonopin up until this point. This is like in, this is like in December, or January of, uh, yeah, around January of this year, and uh, so, um, I got my like my medical marijuana card, which is weed. Weed is kind of the best. I am uh, I am not smoking for like the next uh like four months because i need to like figure out how to be happy on my own without substances <laughs> according to my therapist but no i i do want to do that and uh so i decide that i uh i want to take mushrooms because it uh is very helpful for people with obsessive compulsive disorder which is something i've had since i was a wee lad in middle school and high school and yeah so uh I have a terrible trip as I've talked about a little bit in the past and uh I uh end up trying to commit suicide while on mushrooms and uh yeah and I also try to commit suicide when I was 19 at Slippery Rock University, my old college, and uh, I haven't really told anybody about that, <clears throat> besides a couple people, but it is what it is, and uh, so that was another wake-up call after uh, the night that I blacked out, and my friend had to, 
like helped me find my car and that night I tried to kill myself and uh I got a I got charged for it like the police were involved and I tried to get the police to shoot me for about 10 minutes just screaming at them allegedly this this is alleged <laughs> um no it's it's real but um yeah and then I had a uh like a flashback type thing where I uh from the mushroom experience I don't know what it was it might have been like a panic attack type thing and uh my uh I tried to like run out of my house at like 2 a.m and my dad like tackled me because he didn't want me to go outside the house because last time I went outside of the house I got tased by the police and uh and my foot ended up going through a door and I gotta still pay my dad back for that and that was the whole thing and then the police ended up uh dragging me out of my house and into like an ambulance because uh yeah they they had to like restrain me the police did and then while I was in the ambulance, I did my best to, like, get out of the handcuffs, and I was, like, trying to, like, hulk out. And it didn't work, and I was, like, I was out of my mind. And I ended up uh, giving myself nerve damage in my left wrist. Excuse me, I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> and I'm still wearing a... Uh, a brace for that now that was back in may but uh it's healing luckily i have some nerve damage and possible carpal tunnel but i can't really like afford the uh the medical uh bills for this anyway because that, that's a whole other story about i'm a lot of debt <laughs> and uh so yeah and uh, while I was in uh, the hospital, my parents were like, hey, maybe you should go to, like, rehab for, like, your drugs and your your drinking. And, uh, and I was like, I don't want to go to fucking rehab, you know. Because um, I, at that point, I didn't really want to admit that I, like, had, like, a problem with with like substances and shit but after like just like looking at my hand and how fucked up it was and just like everything that happened within like the last like two or three years I was like fuck maybe I do cause uh I don't know when I was younger I always like had a uh like the thought that I like one day would just like my life would end by me like ODing on drugs and uh that's just what I thought was gonna happen to me because I didn't want to like live to be like old and I kind of was depressed and I've attempted suicide before in the past but luckily that's not something I want to do now and uh yeah, so long story short, long story short, it's 24 minutes in, but <laughs> but uh, I uh, decided to uh, apply for some rehabs. There's There was one in uh, 
Pennsylvania. I'm not going to say, like, the name of the rehab, obviously, but um, there's one in Pennsylvania, and there's also one in Tennessee, and uh, I was denied from the one in Pennsylvania because, this is so stupid, like, uh, they said that I had a drug problem and a mental health problem, which is true. But, like, almost everyone that has a drug problem tends to have a mental health problem as well. So, and I've talked to, like, several people about this, and they all say the same thing. So, uh, yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I did get into this one um, in Tennessee, and so that's why I'm a little tanner now. If a couple people asked me why I was so tan. Um, it, I wasn't at the beach. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, uh, we went down, me and my family, my parents drove me, we stopped and visited my brother in Ohio and then drove the rest of the way down and, uh, yeah, I was, uh, in a bad spot, um, before I went down, I lost like 15 pounds, um, in like two, a two week span after the, the time where I fucked up my wrist. Cause I was feeling a little depressed and shit. It's like, was not eating. And, uh, sometimes I would like make myself throw up as well. But so yeah, I was very nervous, scared looking, freshly shaven kid. And uh, we eventually get to there. My parents drop me off. Um, when they drop you off, like they, they're like, "Hey, uh, what what uh, information are you willing to like give to like your your like emergency contact?" And like, I had my parents in my emergency contact, and like, I could tell they wanted me to like, they wanted to see like everything that I like would say in like therapy sessions and like shit like that and I was like no I don't want them to know any of this stuff (laughs) because um I might have I might talk like about them like in some of the therapy sessions and I didn't want them to be like able to like look at everything that I was doing and I could tell my mom was annoyed but that was a good thing for me to do and set boundaries with her and yeah and then they dropped me off, and uh, they took me in this van. And I'm just gonna use people's like first initials when I refer to people in the story. But uh, this guy n- named M, who like from James Bond, <laughs> um, he uh, he picked me up. He was a uh, a Formula One driver who's also an addict. Um, like all the people there were like like, in recovery, who, like, worked there, which is pretty, like, sick, because, like, it's not, like, a fucking, like, therapist who's never been, like, addicted to, like, drugs or alcohol before, um, and, uh, me and M, um, he gave me a fucking wristband that said, one day at a time, in, in Comic Sans font, <laughs> which I really, I really like the wristband, um, pretty, it's pretty meaningful, and, uh, he was, like, one of the most, like, positive, like, people that I've ever, like, met, like, and he had, like, a very sad story, 
like the fact that he was able to like get through all that shit uh was sick as fuck and uh so they take me to one of the houses and they check me in with uh the nurse and uh me and the nurse there became decent friends and uh they said that they were going to take me to this other rehab house called oh, i can't say the name but uh Let's call it M House. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, all right. So then uh, in the place I was at, one of the, the guys who was the uh, the house leader, actually, who uh, was one of the guys in the rehab who... So, like, they have, like, a house leader. It's someone in the in the program who, like, runs the house. And there's also, like a life skills leader who's like the second in command um who's like a who's like in charge of like making sure people all do like their chores like we have a lot of like chores to do in the house and uh so it was uh the the fuck the uh the house leader was like hey do you want to like eat dinner with us and i was like yeah i want to eat fucking dinner with you guys and uh they just kind of like made me like feel like accepted like instantly and uh but like I didn't want to get like too attached to any of these dudes because like uh I knew I was having to like gonna have to like leave for like the uh for this other house that I haven't even been to and uh but then uh they were like hey like, do you want to, like, stay here with us and, like, not go to, like, the other house? Because, like, the other house was not, uh, let's just say the people there were not as chill at that house than they were at, at this house that I was at. And I was like, yeah, I want to stay with you guys. And I did. And uh, that was probably, like, the best, one of the best things that, like, happened to me there. Like, being able to stay at the house that I wanted to with, like, all the guys that... I wanted to, because there was only, like, four guys in the other house, and there was, like, 16 guys in this house, and, uh, I had an amazing roommate, um, (laughs) yeah, he had, like, the sickest and darkest sense of humor, like, of all time, and, uh, we're still in touch, and he's kind of the best, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him probably after this, but, uh, he said, uh, one of the funniest things he said was, uh, it's like, yeah, I never shot heroin, but that's only because I'm a fucking diabetic <laughs> and just like in like a van ride when we were driving down to an AA meeting, he's like the funniest guy ever. And, uh, but yeah. And, uh, we did this thing called, uh, Shikana's cause, uh, this like, uh, uh, the place where I was at was like, I believe, like, built on, like, Native American, like, land. And they had this, like, fire pit that was, like, blessed by, like, a priest. And they gave us, like, this, like, Native American necklace. And, like, once someone would, like, leave the rehab, like, one of our brothers, we call each other brothers, um, would, like, leave the rehab, we would, like, press into, like, the circle of this necklace, like, what we wish would, like, go they would take with them to like the outside world you know like not rehab world and uh so something like strength or like love or wisdom 
and like that was that was pretty sick and uh and the one of the first uh the guys there i'll just say his name his name was, was scott and uh he i saw his chicana like the second night i was there and like we went around and like said like nice things about him and just it was like by like the sacred fire pit and it was just like a very like meaningful experience and like he was one of the guys that like vouched for me to stay in the house the good house we'll just call it the good house <laughs> um and like yeah that meant a whole that meant like a fuck ton to me same with the same with the house leader um wayne and uh wes and brian I'm I should I shouldn't name all these people, but like I'm not. I might bleep out where uh, it's it's located, but um, it's only first names though. That's true, but uh, yeah, it was a very meaningful experience. Like the whole time I was there, I am um, I actually became a second in command of the entire house. And I was like the youngest person there at the time, which is pretty, pretty sick. Um, I'm, that's like one of the biggest things that I've could say in my life that I'm like proud of myself is like being able to like do that and like somewhat like lead dudes who are like all older than me, which is, which was fun. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone kind of seemed to like like me there in uh, in Tennessee. Um, they liked my goofy energy and, uh, I actually ended up doing stand up for, uh, for the guys cause we had a, a karaoke machine and, uh, like we were either supposed to like have like a, it was like a weekend. We were supposed to like have like a, like an AA type meeting together and, uh, or we could do some karaoke. It was I could tell like the uh, the staff was being lazy that night, but um, <laughs> and like no one do to do karaoke. So I'm like, can I just do like stand up? And like I told people that I did stand up and that they wanted they did want to hear some of it. And uh, I performed stand up and rehab at uh, on a karaoke machine, and I got everyone to laugh, even like the. Uh, the older conservative people and uh and it was like i don't know that was probably like the most fun i've had in a long time i'm just like making making them making me and like my, my friends laugh like that in like such like an intimate like setting i guess and uh, i got the nurses to laugh i was happy about that shout out to the the nurses at this place um I don't know what the HIPAA laws are. HIPAA's like you can't like mention certain shit or like talk to like the staff can't like talk to you or whatever because like I don't know it's dumb dumb laws but I don't know exactly what I can or cannot say but uh yeah and yeah I it was definitely like one of the hardest but also like most meaningful like experiences like of my life. Like uh I came to the conclusion that like I don't wanna kill myself 
anymore, basically. And uh, I already kind of feel like I'm on like borrowed time, especially after the uh, the mushroom incident where I should have died. Like, like it's a fucking miracle that I am alive after that, if I'm being honest. Plus all the times that I was mixing pills with alcohol and drink, drinking and driving. And thank God I didn't fucking kill anybody with my car. Like, Jesus Christ. And I don't know. I am grateful for, like, everyone, like, in, like, my life who's been, like, with me through this shit and, like, supported me. And, like, like I know I might, like, talk shit on, like, people that I feel like wronged me. But, like, honestly, like, I don't really have any, like, resentment towards them now because... I heard like like hate or like revenge is like you drinking poison and like wanting the other person to die or some shit like that. I know that's cheesy, but like I don't know. I'm cool with being cheesy. <laughs> um and like uh they say this a lot like in rehab like do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And like I felt like I wanted to be, like, right all the time. And, like, that my opinion was correct or, like, the way I was doing things was correct. And that was just, like, my ego, like, telling me all these things. Like, oh, I'm smart, <laughs> you know. And, like, but, like, no, I don't, I don't, like, I know that I know nothing, you know. And I just, like, want to, like, learn learn more about myself and like I don't know I do feel like I learned a lot about myself uh since I got out and while I was in there um I had to let go of a lot of my beliefs I had as a growing up as a child which I already have but I I uh was kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater sort of thing. And uh, I kind of, like, my whole perspective kind of, like, changed on, like, life and, like, what I find important now, which is good. But there's obviously still a part of me that, like, wants to get fucked up and, like, drink and do pills because I'm an addict and... uh yeah and like I know people are gonna be like oh you're not an addict but like I am an addict and like I'm an alcoholic and but I know that those two things aren't going to define me you know cause I have a fucking plan in case shit like that goes down and I have a fucking great support system now of like 30 dudes who uh who have my back and I like I know they love me and and I love me now so and that's the only thing that fucking matters at this point and uh and yeah I do want to talk more about this but this is getting too long of a podcast and my voice is starting to bother me <laughs> um I don't always like hearing myself talk <laughs> but uh but yeah
And uh, oh yeah, before I go, I just wanted to say that like you, if you need help with any of this stuff, like, and people like tell you like that you don't need to like get help and that you're fine. Like they might be right, but they might also be fucking wrong. You know, like a lot of people told me, they're like, yo, don't go to rehab. You're fine. You know? And like, thank God I didn't listen to those fucking people, you know? Cause like for me personally, going to this place, meeting all these people, learning about, who I am sort of thing was like the best decision that I ever made in my life probably and so I would just encourage people to I guess evaluate all the people in their like lives and like see whether or not like that relationship is like a healthy one and like if they if they do good to you and it's not just like a one way sort of relationship and just check in on each other check in with your friends and your homies your girlfriends your boyfriends you know it's everybody and yeah i don't know be good to each other y'all and uh i'm sure i'll talk more about this later but uh that's all for now love you guys peace